0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and today we're talking to Rahul Sud. He's the CEO of Unicorn. Rahul, thanks for joining the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I have to imagine most of our audience has heard of Unicorn at this point, whether it was through the Mark Cuban investment, the ties to cryptocurrency, uh, the website's great content, or the esports betting explosion. It can be hard to keep up with unicorn at times. You're doing so many different things. The company's in classic esports betting, has traditional sports offerings, has ways for people to wager against their friends, has ways for gamers to bet on themselves via U-mode, and even creates simulated competitions for potential wagers. I know I'm missing some things, even in that long list. What I miss about Unicorn uh that else that the company's also
1: offering. Um, well, I mean, look, you 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 pretty much summarized it. We are um you know, we, we we're a, a an esports entertainment platform, but basically what we're building is the the, the future of entertainment wagering. Like um, when you think about um, wagering in general, uh, there's there's various areas. There's um, there's like casino betting. There's um, <clears throat> there's uh, your typical physical location where you walk into a, a a casino and you go to a slot machine and you do something there. Um, so Las Vegas type entertainment, all of that is changing, um, and and then there's like sports betting. You know, what what does the future of sports betting look like, and online bookmaking look like? Um, and and Unicorn is effectively using esports and video games to create this 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 new era of betting because people who play video games and and who are into esports are are not just you know they're not kids. They're 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 getting older, and you know. Uh, people like myself, who who's in you know my mid forties, um, I love to play games, um, and I and I love to bet on sports, and so we're sort of building the future of this space. Definitely, And
0: people have been betting on video games uh, for as long as video games have existed. I certainly have bet ever since I had some money in my pocket. I was putting it down, challenging my friends to various video games, being at an arcade or back on the GameCube playing some NFL Street. It feels like a pretty natural. Expansion of what video games are. Can you talk a little bit about the ways that you give gamers a chance to bet on themselves? It's so unique. You know, esports betting is this massive thing. I'm here based in Las Vegas. We've got monuments to the value of betting. Uh, but what is that intrinsic nature of betting that is provided by U Mode and some of Unicorn's things? How is the company capitalizing on that?
1: sure so look you know when when you think about uh the different types of betting there's there's essentially three different types one of them is spectator wagering which is like sports betting where you're betting against someone um or sorry not against someone you're you're betting on a match or on an event that's happening that you're watching so for example if you're watching cloud 9 versus you know whatever fanatic or whoever it is um you can, you can watch that match and you can place a bet on it, just like you can watch a traditional sport, the Seahawks versus the Raiders, and place a bet on that. That's spectator wagering. And we do that, and we do that really well. Um, then there's the skill betting <clears throat> stuff where, um, where you can now bet on yourself in a video game, on a game that you love to play. Uh, and no one's been able to solve this the way Unicorn has. Um, the way it works is, let's say you play a game of Fortnite or League of Legends or Dota, you can connect your favorite video game to the unicorn platform, and we give you odds on yourself. Um, so you're basically, instead of you betting against me, Mitch, you're betting against yourself, or you're betting against the house, really, and you're betting on yourself. And um, and we give you odds for you to be one of 100, for example, in Fortnite, and you can, you can go and you can bet and you can play that, and that's considered a skill. Um, Within those two categories, we have different types of offerings that are very unique to Unicorn. So, for example, on the spectator side, we have streamer betting where you can watch streamers and you can place bets on your favorite streamers. It's very cool. We also have um, virtual eSports where you can watch virtual matches 24-7 of of eSports and and bet on those. Uh, And then on the skill side, we have U-Mode, as you mentioned, where you can connect your favorite video game to the platform and bet on yourself. Um, against the house, uh, but we also have money match, where, for example, you can create a a, a game of NBA 2K or Madden or something, uh, and then challenge someone on the internet, um, and uh, and then just just bet and play. It's it's very cool. Um, and then and then the third type of betting is is casino betting, which is your traditional casino game. So you know of those three, um, Unicorn has the most most breadth. Uh, of, of an in depth of anybody in this space, uh, we've really spent the last six years building, building this out, doing it in a legitimate way, doing it with you know full regulation in mind, uh, and just thinking about where the future of of you know betting entertainment goes. And I think we've built some some big value in the brand um, and the company and the platform, and this this next year is going to determine where that all goes.
0: Absolutely, I want to talk about regulation a bit in the future. As you talk about all these different aspects of what Unicorn offers, what are you seeing people gravitate towards the most? Uh, is there something especially that stands out as, uh, maybe even during this pandemic over the last few months or people have been gravitating towards some of these other aspects uh, of betting or is it all pretty, uh, it plays off of each other where people are visiting the site and they're doing a little bit of each. What
1: What is standing out to you recently? Um, well, you know what, I I guess recently, uh, what's standing out to us is just, we've been, we've been having the highest numbers we've ever had in our history. And I think that's because, well, obviously the pandemic has been just a game changer. Um, it's also been an unfortunate circumstance. We, we didn't expect to be growing on the back of a pandemic, but, you know, sports are shut down, uh, essentially. Um, and, um, you know, people are looking for something else to do and, um, video games and esports is actually doing quite well. Um, and, you know, Unicorn does offer betting on sports as well, like traditional sports. People who come on the platform may want to place a bet on an e-sport and then parlay it on a, on a football game or, you know, major league soccer game or whatever, they can do that. Um, but <clears throat> what, what, what essentially COVID-19 has done is it's given us a lens. Uh, it's almost like an oracle into the future where things are going. Because that's the reality. Stadium events uh, are completely shut down. Um, you know, the idea that, that team sports, you can physically play against one another. Uh, you know, we've seen over time since esports has grown uh, that traditional sports are getting less relevant. This is sort of a glimpse into what could happen in the future and where it could go. Um, and, um, and uh, you know, we've, we've been fortunate to sort of be in this position where you know, our, our technology supports kind of the future. It's building the future. Uh, and now we have traditional operators all around the world, either trying to um, partner with us or license our platform or whatever. And so we've built a really great commercial uh, offering um, that we can we can sell into their their customers.
0: That's really interesting. You know, I'm here based in Vegas. I have to imagine some of those traditional operators are also based in the America's gambling hub how have you seen attitudes towards esports betting and some of these digital offerings change during the pandemic? And yeah, like you said, it, it's such an odd place to be in esports as we're, you we don't, don't want to frame it as we're profiting off the pandemic. The pandemic has been a horribly bad thing to happen. Uh, but at the same time, you cannot ignore the the changes that's happened in esports, especially as sports have been shut down as a result of the pandemic. Uh, have you seen attitudes change a little bit towards esports betting? I know I have in some of my conversations, even uh, talking to somebody in early April to talking to somebody in late May and their perspective on esports betting, has totally changed. Have you seen those kind of changes happen uh, for some of oh. the traditional people?
1: Well, hundred percent. I mean, I've seen a complete, you know, change in tone. Uh, we've been speaking to uh, casino operators and traditional operators for years. I mean, been doing it since since Carl and I started this company in 2014. You know, um, uh, I've been speaking with them. We've had partnerships with casinos, uh, but they haven't really stepped up to take the space seriously because there's they're, they're run by a, a CFO who is very focused on the short term day to day business, which, you know, unfortunately, that's what put them in the position they are now where they're they're furloughing 95 percent of their staff. And they, you know, in, in Las Vegas in particular, um, they. You know, they, they, they didn't even have locks for the casino doors, man, like they actually had to install locks. Uh, you know, I was talking to a, a, a good friend over there, Seth Shore, who, who you know, works uh, with a bunch of casino operators and he's also chairman of the Downtown Grand. He was saying that they, they didn't have locks on casino doors and they had to install these locks because this pandemic, you know, basically shut everything down. Like Vegas has been completely decimated, you know. Um, uh it's it's sad to think of what this pandemic actually did um but but you know if you remember the last time there was a um a uh, economic collapse back in like 2008 2009 vegas was the first place to get hit which is pretty typical yeah. right people don't have money to travel they don't want to gamble they don't want to have fun they just want to sort of wallow and and retrench and that's basically what happened so in the last decade or so las vegas has been um investing to go beyond just gambling like they they, they want to go broader in entertainment so they started going heavy into sports you know they brought the raiders in they're bringing they're building a new stadium they brought the golden knights hockey team in they have um they have a, a you know a major league soccer team you know like a a, a women's team i mean they, they've done they've done some pretty incredible things uh with sports anticipating that in the next crash at least they'll have sports to fall back on but now everything is shut down sports and uh, you know, and, and the casino. <laughs> um, so, so you can, you can bet that, you know, when this started happening, we've been getting calls like crazy, trying to figure out what they want to do with their digital online strategies, you know, but they're just too far behind. Like they're, they're so far and away behind um, that, um, you know, they're going to have to invest a lot of money to make this work. Um, and we're prepared to go forward. We just, you know, they, they just need to move faster.
0: Absolutely. So even in this time where there's casinos completely shut down, like you said, installing locks, and they have a plenty of things they have to worry about, different financials, you know, a, a pandemic going on, but they're still not moving very quickly in terms of uh, partnerships and getting things done and future proofing.
1: Um, yeah. Like, like, uh, how, how do you mean?
0: I'm just curious, following up on on what you said. How you, uh, they're moving a bit slowly, even in these yeah. circumstances with so many things shut down. They're still not really taking the steps they need to be
1: well the problem is they can't like i said they you know many of them had to furlough 90 to 95 percent of their staff um you know they're probably just in in like hibernation mode until they can figure out what to do next when they come out of this i assume when they come out of this it's going to be a different story we're, we're going to be getting more calls more calls to you know work to get something going with them to help them out as much as we can um you know and we're willing to do that but uh but going forward we're not going to be selling a, a unicorn. They're going to be they're going to be coming to us and selling themselves to us. Um, we're just we're just done, uh, you know, sort of trying to explain to them why this is something that they should invest in. Um, if it's not clear now, why then you know <laughs> then they've got bigger problems. But I'm I'm sure it's quite clear as to why they should be thinking about partnering with a company like us.
0: Absolutely, and that's on the operator. Side On the flip side, from a consumer perspective, and this gets to an operator, I, I suppose, as well, I talked with quite a few betting people, including Seth, who you mentioned, uh, for a Washington Post article back in April, and one of the people I talked to was Joe Asher, the CEO of William Hill, and his take was basically, hey, people don't care about esports betting. They care about, they're, we're seeing more action on table tennis and sumo wrestling. And then I saw Joe quoted in a New York Times piece about two months later And he's like, oh, the esports betting action has been insane. So has there been a shift in how consumers see esports betting, where maybe people who at the start of this pandemic were like, oh, what niche sports can I get involved with? And as the months dragged on, are now maybe seeing esports as something that they're interested in wagering in, something they're interested in watching in. As, as watching and wagering as well, has that been a shift in people who used to bet in traditional sports now betting in esports, or is this more people in esports just coming onto the site uh, more and more?
1: No, look, I, I I would say this like we've 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 been we've we've been growing uh, even before this happened, um, but there has been an influx of new customers. I can't say exactly where they've come from; they've just come. So I'm assuming some of them are traditional bettors who are just coming on the platform to learn about it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we have we have really great content. We have the most breadth and depth of anybody in the space. Um, you know, everybody uh, knows who we are. You know, the regulators know who we are. People want to partner with us and work with us, um, and customers are enjoy the platform because we, you know, we we pay. Um, I I think I think that you know when you talk about William Hill and you know their sort of view of esports. It, it you're talking about a, a traditional bookmaker let, let's be honest i mean it's you know even the brand is very traditional they're a big bookmaker we respect them very very much so but they don't really they don't really have an esports setup platform they don't have a platform that that caters to this audience very well um you know it's a sports betting platform that caters to sports bettors um and so when you add a, a data feed of esports it doesn't really do much to move the needle but when you have an experience that's sort of end to end that does everything from news and tips and you know it's 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 a fan engagement is like the biggest thing that we do we have connect where people can connect their favorite game to the platform they can earn you know they can earn rewards and then they can bet that's a completely different equation um and i i would have i would have argued to, to any of these guys that if you're not doing that now with your platforms and you probably uh, there's a good chance you won't be here like a year to five years from now and that's pretty much what what's played out with the with the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it's really made people re-examine their priorities uh, a considerable amount. You bring up regulators, and I think this is something that's uh, really important to talk about as you look at esports betting. And I'm curious from Unicorn's perspective, when you have your hands in all these different ways of wagering, wagering is something that's a touchy subject for a lot of things. You need to make sure that you have fairness. How do you work? with regulators to make sure that every aspect of unicorn. So you've got the top level leagues, those are fair. Uh, but then how do you make sure you mode connect all these different ways of wagering to win real money, uh, and working with regulators to make sure they're on board and everything is fair and consumers. See it too, as being fair, even if you know, it is the consumers have to see it as fair if they want to put the money in to the platform. So how are you making sure every aspect of unicorn uh, is fair across the board?
1: Well, I mean, we, we, you know, the regulators help us with that, right? Like uh, be, being a, a regulated bookmaker, you have to you have to have things like, um, you know, what is the key of your book? You know, your margin, um, what is the how, how are your games provably fair? What are you using for an RNG? Like every everything has to be uh, approved and um, and monitored by the regulator, including things like responsible gambling and, um, you know, and, and and how you how you investigate you know, customers and, uh, um, you know, cheating and uh, or potential cheating and that sort of thing. Um, it's all it's all given to us by the regulator. The, the, the nice thing about regulation in the gambling space is the, the the regulators have been doing it for a while and their job is to help protect consumers, um, uh, not to stifle innovation. So, so the good regulators know that and they're very good about helping us as a business, you know, by uh, letting us innovate while giving us rails that we can play in. There's another side of regulation that's actually uh, troublesome, and that's the crypto side. (laughs) So, as you know, Unicorn sits at the intersection of video games and esports, regulated betting, and then you know, cryptocurrency or blockchain. And the reason we we got involved with with blockchain is, you know, we wanted to we wanted to make payments just more uh seamless for customers and and give customers more options to pay in so people can deposit in bitcoin and other things you know onto the platform and they can earn rewards um the challenge is the the regulatory side on the crypto side is just has been very difficult for us it's very difficult for a lot of companies in this space uh we're navigating through it and you know we hope we'll get some clarity but it's mostly um you know in the us it's been very challenging for us um and uh and that's uh that just makes our business hard is that regulation
0: just a lack of understanding about crypto or could you highlight a little bit you know where um, that fresh
1: comes from so, so I, I think it's a bit of both but it's also that you know you've got you, 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 in 2017 there was a there was a bunch of um you know um hype around cryptocurrency as you know there were icos that were going on you know bitcoin was hitting 20,000 i mean the market was crazy and everybody and their dog was getting involved without knowing what they were getting into. Um, you know, we had a plan, like in 2015, we created the Unicorn, And then in 2017, we created the the the, the, the Unicorn Gold cryptocurrency version of it to give people more options on the platform or more optionality. Um, and so we got, you know, we kind of got um, caught up in that hype, our, our, our platform. Uh, you know, people were excited about what we were doing. But... Uh, but you know, there's also users out there or not even users, people that just didn't understand, you know, cryptocurrency, just going in and speculating on cryptocurrency. Um, And so that sort of stuff, I think flagged regulators, there was a lot of fraud happening in the space, um, you know, with, with companies creating coins and, you know, stealing and just, just all sorts of crap that happens when you have a frothy environment. And I think that caught regulators attention. Um, So some of it has to do with regulators, not understanding the space. Some of it has to do with um, just bad business practices, you know, in general, uh, by other players in the space. Um, and uh, and it just made it challenging for good businesses like Unicorn to kind of, you know, navigate it. But we have been doing it, you know, we, we, we work with great lawyers and, you know, um, and we, we, uh, we work with the regulators on a, on a uh, you know, unfortunately on a regular basis. But it is what it is. We got to do that um i think we'll probably get through it this year and then we'll go from there
0: interesting yeah, yeah i remember some of those stories from that that height of crypto where it was uh, somebody got their investor capital in crypto and then they just disappear and they and they disappear with all the money as well and it was just like oh this is you know it blockchain should be a more secure way of doing it but if it's in bad hands or if you're giving the money to the to the wrong people it also means that they can anonymously just disappear Uh, So creating a really tough environment, which then to the good companies such as Unicorn that are doing things above board, just makes things way more challenging as people get this perception of crypto that isn't really totally accurate. And I think we saw that on display a few weeks ago with this uh, quote unquote hack of Twitter where uh, these crypto things popped up onto Elon Musk and Apple and Bezos and all these people asking for for crypto donations which is just a hack to an anonymous account and that's how we're seeing mainstream crypto which is kind of sad because this is such a cool currency and instead it pops up in these weird high profile scams that ultimately aren't there's not even that much money changing hands
1: uh, no and the problem is it associates it with scams right uh, and right. and this was, you know this is how the internet started like when the internet was you know started and then the dot-com days You know back in the early days it was like this i mean there was dot coms that would come out that were scams and everyone thought the internet was a scam but then you know underneath the ashes there was amazon that's now you know like one of the biggest companies on the planet um and and so i think the same thing with with the crypto space i i think blockchain in general is full of that type of you know activity but i think uh, in the next decade we're gonna see some real emerging stars and one of them you know, obviously, is Bitcoin like B- B- Bitcoin is just it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Um, and, you know, over time, as adoption increases and, you know, as younger people get older, uh, I-, I think there's going to be less interest in gold and more interest in Bitcoin. Um, you know, and, and the same thing goes with the e and, you know, and, and video games and monetizing the, the, the gambling in that space. How does the future of entertainment look like in Las Vegas? It's all going to change. Um, and we're sort of on the cutting edge of that, right? Uh, we're, we're looking at the future of entertainment and the future of sports, and we're defining it as we go.
0: Absolutely. The the crypto thing and, and the Bitcoin thing in particular is is really interesting. I think people still see it as this incredibly volatile currency. And it is at, at times. I think that was, what, a few months ago where it, it cratered. Um, was that the height of the pandemic? It just went down about 5K. But Generally, yeah. it's held pretty steady at ten thousand since it reached that peak of twenty thousand. Came down past it, but for the last two years, it's held pretty steady around ten k. It's not quite the absurdly volatile currency that that people think it is. Um, I, I think there's still a lot of misconceptions about crypto and Bitcoin in particular.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, and I, <laughs> it's actually held quite quite steady. You're right, and that just has to do with the fact that it's uh, you know it's. Um, uh it's It's relatively unknown for you know typical traditional investors but it's getting it's getting better now so
0: absolutely how does that impact of cryptocurrency focus on unicorn as people like how is the site working to make sure people understand what crypto is they see unicorn gold and they understand you know how this works is there is that something that you're letting you're just assuming people uh, if they're interested in that they already understand it or can the site do some things to help maybe yeah, increase that adoption
1: we, we look we we make it as easy as we can to to use we give people bonuses with it we find that our customers are betting with both you unicorn gold and cash um so you know so we're 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 onboarding them onto it without them fully uh, having to learn you know to be a crypto god like what is the private key and all that stuff we help them through that process and we continue to improve it um, it, it, it admittedly that part of the business is also creates a level of complexity. You know, if you, if you were to ask Carl, my, my business partner about it, he would tell you that, you know, it, it's probably one of the most complex things that makes our user experience very difficult to, uh, you know, to, to, to make smooth and better. Uh, but he's done and him and the team have done just an incredible job of, of making it easier and they continue to do that. Um, I think you know if we're up to to Carl, uh, you know I think he would want to at some point separate uh, the, the the crypto side from the from the you know fiat side of of betting. Uh, I'm not sure yet, but but I, I do know that we've done a really good job of sort of bringing both together, and we'll see where that goes in the future. Um, I, I would think it'll stay this way. Like I, I think over time, it will definitely. If we do separate, it'll definitely come back together at some point. Um, but, you know, as we get more users, more of our customers are familiar with it. And that's a good thing.
0: Definitely. I'm interested in learning a little bit more about Carl. So I've known about Unicorn for quite a long time. and It's always been your name attached in the media and all this. And as yeah. I, was, I was doing the research for the podcast, I saw Carl and I was like, oh, I should I should know more about the co-founder. Um, yeah. And he's, he's pretty ghost on social media. I found yeah. his Twitter with 15 followers. His LinkedIn just says building dot, dot, dot uh so so give me a little bit about his role within the company and how you two have worked together over the past six seven years
1: now so so i met carl when when i was at microsoft ventures and he was one of the portfolio companies he was the ceo of one of the portfolio companies that microsoft invested in um and you know we became really good friends um you know to say um carl is the heart and soul of unicorn would be underselling exactly who he is i mean he 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 truly is the heart and soul of the company. He's the one that everyone looks up to uh for direction um he He runs the day to day you know operations of the business uh and and you know the entire team he's got the respect of everybody on the team, including you know the people that come and uh, uh i mean there's you know, the people that come and clean the offices that 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 we' in in sydney and you know um places like that he's He just knows everybody including the person who runs a coffee shop downstairs. Um, so he's got a very, uh, like, um, enigmatic personality and, uh, and definitely the heart and soul of the business. So it is, it is interesting that you say, you know, when you think about unicorn, you you don't see much of him and that's because he doesn't want to be that guy. And I, and I, and I tell you, there's so many of us inside who wish that he would be that person. He could step up and start, you know, being a spokesperson for the company. Um, he just doesn't like to do that kind of stuff. He just likes to focus on what matters. Um, and I think that's why we complement each other so well. I mean, I, I helped uh, develop the vision and assemble the original team, uh, you know, and, uh, and then when it comes to PR and, you know, investors and that sort of thing, I kind of brought that part to the table. And then Carl basically, uh, you know, took the, you know, the vision of what we were building um, and, and turned it into a, a product, um, created the culture on the team, you know, hires all the people, Um, he's very much involved. He knows everything that's happening in the day to day. If you, if you threw a number on a 30 slide spreadsheet, somewhere hidden in there, uh, he would be the first one to point it out. Um, so that's the kind of person you need running a business. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, like I I learned this from my startup days, you know, even at Microsoft ventures, when you're building a team, you have to have complimenting personalities on the team. So myself as a, you know, as a, as a outward facing kind of person, I have a bit of a squishy kind of you know you on things he's more of a, a structured operational uh kind of driver and then we also have uh andrew who's our coo who's probably one of maybe three or four people in the world that could have done this job so yeah we got a good team
0: that's awesome i want to talk about the international nature of the company a little bit more as i was doing this research i was learning so much about some of the other companies as well uh but first I just want to say I'm so jealous. Whenever I go to a Twitter account and they've got 15 followers and they don't, they haven't tweeted in four years. I part of me is just so jealous of having that lack of 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 being disconnected from social media. I'm like, that's actually I feel like that's what I want to do one day. And my my job, my career keeps me tethered to all these different social sites. And I'm yeah. like, mmm. That'd be nice. It'd be nice that to get your news from actual news outlets and not the, the just the doom
1: scroll of social media. No, that's 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 totally true. <laughs> I, I hear exactly where you're coming from on that one. So
0: yeah. I was up at Zion this past week at Zion National Park in, in southern Utah. I was just like I feel like I, I might have misplayed and I wanted to go be a, a hermit living out in the in the desert, or the forest somewhere. But uh oh well yeah. <laughs> too late now. Yeah. Well sec. Well we'll we'll see. Maybe I'll get back into it. But anyway, I wanted to talk about the international nature. So Unicorn based up in Seattle, a uh, lot of focus in Vegas, of course, as well with the betting stuff. But then I was going into the, into the research and I realized how many different companies at different locations Unicorn operates at. You mentioned how Carl is in the Sydney offices down in Australia. Uh, you've also got an investment in Berlin International Gaming up in Germany. Uh, you've acquired Leet, a startup here in Las Vegas company owns dota pro hub which is based in india how are you how do you manage you know it's like the it's like the old adage of of the british empire the sun never sets on the british empire well the sun never sets on unicorn apparently how do you manage right. all these different time zones and all these different companies working uh in different areas
1: so you, you know we, we call it uh, kind of a follow the sun development model where y- there's always something going on 24 hours a day within the company. Um, it, Look, when we first started the business, we started in Seattle. Carl was up here. We started building the team in Seattle, and we quickly realized that if we want to build a business that sits at the intersection of really good regulated sports betting and esports and video games, and then ultimately blockchain, we needed to, um, you know, to be able to hire people in those areas. So rather than confining it to, say, move to Seattle, we decided to, to run this company as, um, you know, where people are comfortable. And so he moved back to Sydney where everybody loves to gamble. And then our CTO is an old friend of mine. Um, we've been involved in business before. He's one of the smartest people I know, like existing. Um, and he lives in Berlin and he was building a team in Berlin. So we we just started to run this business very virtually. Um, we have an office in, uh, in Isle of Man where we have most of our compliance and our gambling operations is run from. Um, we have a, a small uh, office in Bermuda. We have one in Sydney. We have one in Berlin, Croatia, New York, um, a couple of people in Las Vegas, and then in Seattle. And um, we we set up using online tools. You know, we use Slack, we use Google Docs, and all that stuff. And look at what happened today. Here we are, in, you know, during the pandemic, where all these other companies are figuring out how to run a remote operation, and we're already there. Um, I just I can't tell you how surreal. This moment in time has been for us. It's surreal because not only are esports and video games becoming more relevant, but on the wagering side, the digital strategy, everything that we've been doing as a business is more relevant. Um, you know, even the blockchain technology is more relevant, and not to mention how we operate as a business. Like we're just like, it's it's almost, I don't think the script could have been written better for this company. The thing I would say is we still have our own challenges, even though, you know, like the, the pandemic doesn't, isn't all good for us. It's also bad. I mean, there's, you know, sporting events are shut down and physical events are shut down and it's just, it's, uh, businesses that we want to do business with are shut down, you know? So, so there's still, um, you know, cascading effects that affect us, but to go back to the question of how do we run a business like this? Um, I I don't want to take credit for the work that other people are doing. I mean, we, we have probably, as I mentioned, one of the best COOs in the world, Andrew Voris, doing this job. Uh, he is connected with everyone on the team. He knows what's going on. Uh, Carl, the same thing. Um, you know, they're very comfortable dealing with people remotely. Um, if you've ever done business uh, in Australia, you'll find out that the entrepreneurs there tend to be very no-nonsense, very focused on the numbers and delivering, you know, value to the to you know to the business and to our customers. And it's just it's just easy when you have the right people in the right place.
0: Definitely, and yeah, like like you said, you're ahead of the curve here. We're seeing so many companies be like, "Wait, why are we paying for for this massive rental this office place?" (laughs) Exactly. Uh,
1: No, Uh, it's funny. I was talking to a buddy from Amazon yesterday. You know. We were having a meeting um, in my backyard, (laughs) given that he's also obviously with the pandemic. And we just talked about what does the future of work look like? And for them, I mean, they basically shut down all their offices. You know, everyone works from home now and it may never change. Like it, it, you know, they they certainly won't be going for these big spaces. They might use them for meeting spaces and things like that. But more and more people are going to get comfortable working from home. They're going to set up, you know, really nice home offices and meetings, places and stuff like that. It's just, this is the future. Um, You know, this pandemic, as I mentioned, is a view of the future, but it's also a, um, it's also a, you know, sort of a a direction on where things could go. Because what if there's another pandemic? What if it's worse? It's just, this is the world we live in.
0: Definitely. I feel like I was slightly ahead of the curve too. Since graduating three years ago, I haven't stepped foot inside any professional office uh, besides to sign a couple contracts uh, (laughs) over the last three years. And, I think I I always felt like I was out of the norm and now in this pandemic I feel like wait actually this may be how we see work going forward is live where you want to live and you could actually do all the same work uh and I always was like oh I want to get in an office I want to get in an office and now as I sit in the pandemic I'm like why 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 do I want that I could I could do yeah. everything from here you know I I've, I've hosted 120 podcast episodes from mm-hmm my guest bedroom, it's, it works fine. So uh, it's an interesting trend. It's something that it feels like is going to have one of the biggest lasting ramifications on how we see corporate work and the ability of people to do their job while they're not in office, while, while everybody's using these remote tools.
1: Yep. Yep. No, that's absolutely right. So, um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's basically this moment in time that we're in that, it, it it it's it's changed everything it's changed the way people work and uh it's changed quality of life um you know i i feel bad for the restaurants and the venues you know how, how is that going to change I, I and i think that you know technology over time will will develop what the future of that looks like um how restaurants are you know set up you know maybe there's less parking maybe people are sitting outside i mean i don't know but Um, It's just, it's just a really interesting and and strange and sad time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's not good, especially in Vegas. It's uh, a city that's, that's on the brink right now and it's going to be, changed drastically when we come out of this but this is the esports podcast in the last few episodes i swear i keep getting i end up on remote work uh the i just did a podcast today that published with direwolves we ended up talking about education uh for a while so i gotta get back to the esports focus because that's what people want to hear i'm sure um and also we're at 36 minutes so it's about time to wrap it on up a little bit uh let you go to whatever else you have to do as the sun never sets on the unicorn empire um, the last thing i want to ask you about is looking towards the future it's focused especially in on esports what are you really excited for uh, in the world of esports betting there's feels like there's some really interesting uh, applications with live betting coming to esports events and and betting integration into some of these streaming platforms what's something on the horizon for esports betting you're excited to see
1: well, look, I think all of that is stuff that we already have. So that's less exciting to me as where where things are really going, which which I feel is if I think about the future of entertainment and sports entertainment, I think it all comes together. I think you'll see physical sports and the concept of esports. There's going to be learnings from what makes esports successful. Like, you know, customers or viewers of esports can view the game how they want to view it, um, you know, in, in, on their own terms. And that's that viewing experience is something that needs to happen on, you know, sports as well, Um, you know, I I feel like um, you'll see a convergence between physical sports and, you know, and video games. Um, I see a world where you run into a warehouse, you strap on a bunch of gear, you carry a, you know, a fake articulating weapon and some sensors, and then you're dropped into a quote unquote map using augmented reality where you're playing real world Fortnite or Call of Duty against your friends for money, Uh, you know, and then there's going to be people watching um i think that's kind of where we're going and um you know we'll see uh we want to be the company that powers all of that the wagering experiences and the data uh that's what we want to do you know you talk about las vegas and the you know the the iconic space the the uh esports um uh, uh club or or the esports uh, um arena that they have there at the luxor um, the one thing that space lacks is wagering. <laughs> They've got, you know, they're inside a casino, <laughs> but you can't bet in it. Um, we want to be the company that powers those types of spaces. And we are like, we can do it. They just have to come to us. So, yeah.
0: Interesting. I, I haven't actually had a chance to go into esports arena, you know, this pandemic and everything. Um, <laughs> you can't bet in there? That shocks me.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it is what it is. It's just the regulation and, you know, um, and the, you know, the, the foresight to make it happen by the, by the people that run the casinos there, right? Like they have to, they have to move quicker. Uh, and unfortunately, this, this is just wasn't a priority for them. But, you know, maybe it is going forward. And if it is, we're ready, to, we're ready to make it happen.
0: Absolutely. It feels like a great note to end on. Rahul, could you plug Unicorn? I want to give you, make sure you give a chance uh, to let people know where they can follow. Check out Unicorn, make a deposit. Uh, could you plug the site for us?
1: Yeah, sure. Just go to www.unikrn.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Rahul Sood, R-A-H-U-L-S-O-O-D. Uh, and I'm happy to connect with any, any one of your listeners.
0: Absolutely. Go follow Rahul. He's a great... Follow just today was tweeting about the tech hearing, which was uh, depressing for all the wrong reasons. So be sure to follow him if you want a great voice on esports, on betting, on crypto and all the other things uh, that Rahul touches on. Thank you all for listening to the Esports Network podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Before I let you go, I have to plug Esports Network's recently announced show, The Gamer Hour, hosted by Chris Puckett live from Times Square. We're extremely excited about this new show. It's in partnership with Reuters from Esports Network along with Chris, and we're gonna be bringing in some of the biggest voices, uh, mainstream celebrities talking about this intersection that we've talked about quite a bit, this intersection of uh, entertainment that is overlapping with gaming with athletes, musicians, actors, all of these people playing video games. Those are gonna be the type of guests you'll expect to see on the Gamer Hour. So be, to, be on the lookout for some more updates on the Gamer Hour and some of the cool things to be excited for there. For now, I'm Mitch Reams, and this was the Esports Network podcast.